Hey everyone, this is Joseph Bosco, pastor of Highway Church. Thanks for joining us on our podcast. You know, all of us need the right kind of voices in our lives. Voices that inspire us to know the one who made us. Voices that awaken our divine destiny and reveal to us the goodness of God. Well, that's what this ministry is all about. So enjoy the message. Father, we're here this morning because you've saved us. We're, we're, we're not going to play any head games or manipulation. We're not going to be fake and phony. We're here because you saved us. And Lord, we, we love you and we love those around us, but we're not living for the opinion of others. We're not living for the stamp of man's approval. Lord, we have devoted our lives to your pleasure. And you've told us in your word in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, that without faith, it's impossible to please you. That those who come to you must know that you are who you say you are. And that you are a great rewarder of those who diligently seek you. So, Father, we put the fear of man aside. And we refuse to pick it up again. And we come before you, Father. And we say, Lord, you are our everything. We give you our whole lives. From this moment forward, we are yours and yours alone. And we love you and worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody awake? Oh, hallelujah. Prepare yourselves for our corporate gatherings. Really, don't come in half awake. If you have to throw down a Starbucks or a Double D, go ahead and do it. Come in here alive. But more importantly, during the week, cultivate intimacy with Christ. Pursue Him. Meditate on His promises so that when you come in, your heart's ready. Your engine's running and God can minister to you and, and, and give to you the things that you need for this upcoming week. You know, we talk about giving unto the Lord But the truth is, we wouldn't know how to give if it wasn't for Him. He is the giver. We model all of our giving after Him. He loved you so much that even then when you and I, we had no idea what we needed, He gave His Son, which is more than we could have ever asked for. And God's like that. He knows what you need before you ask them, before you ask Him. And He's actually already met that need abundantly. It's just a matter of us realizing that and turning our attention toward Him and trusting in Him for the reality of that provision. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. So I don't want to rush through our time together, right? We just want to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I know this might be different if you're used to a service that has a strict schedule and and uh, goes through each section of the service at an allotted amount of time. Uh, that's not what we do here. And the reason for that is we want a more relaxed atmosphere. We want to give time to the Holy Spirit to minister and, and to direct us during our time together. So the, the role of a, an apostle, a, a, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, is to stay intimate with Christ daily. When Jen Tringale was here, how many were here last weekend for Saturday night? Saturday night and Sunday morning. 
please listen to the podcast. And I know many still are not used to podcasts, but I'm telling you, these are fantastic. So I've got an iPhone, whatever kind of phone you have, there is an app for podcasts, okay? Uh, on iPhones, you've got this Apple Podcasts button, and uh, you can go in there and search for Highway Church or Joseph Bosco Ministries, either one, it'll come up. Or you can just go to our website, highwaychurch.us, and go to the media page. And you can click on the Apple Podcast, Anchor Podcast. Uh, that'll take you to, you can go to Spotify, you can go to Google, uh, Google, what's it called? Google Podcasts, or Google, Google Play, Google Podcasts. Um, but they're, they're, they're such a blessing, it's free access to, the, to amazing messages. So I was listening to Jen's message again. Uh, you cannot get everything that God has for you by hearing a message once. And uh, both Paul Brady's messages to us on that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Jen's messages to us are very relevant. You're going to see how relevant as the year unfolds. But we are in a year of transformation and transition. And God is going to unfold that to us in these days ahead. Uh, but I want you to grab a hold of these words so you can, of course, you can go to Facebook. <coughs> Excuse me. Let me grab a little H2O here. Felt like I had a frog in my throat. <clears> throat> um, you can go to Facebook, of course, and go to our videos and watch it there as well. What I like about podcasts is... Um, I can do that anywhere without having to look at the phone. You know, I can just turn that message on, and it'll play, and I can just do the other things I'm doing or whatever, wherever I'm at, even listen while I'm driving, right? I don't need to be watching anything. Uh, but take advantage of those podcasts um, and listen again. So I'm on my, I listen to uh, Saturday nights, and I'm on Sundays, last Sundays, and uh, you get so much out of it. And the, every Sunday we meet, there is a, a feast for you. When God moves in your life, he always does it through his word. That's how he operates. So this is not a homily. You can call it a sermon if you want. This is God imparting life to you. This is God giving to you the very things you need to, to be victorious this week, okay? But it's a lot, and it's not just for this week. It's for this month. It's for the rest of this year. It's for your destiny. Every time we gather, it's an equipping for your destiny. You need to understand that. I stopped coming to church back in 1989, and I'll never go again. I entered into a relationship with the one who made me, and I became part of his church. Now, I, were, I went to churches a lot. I'd go seven days a week if I could, if there's life there, if the fullness of the gospel is preached there. So it is this, this atmosphere of worship and the anointed word of God, the finished work of Christ, that equips us and edifies us, heals us, delivers us, provides for us, and sets us in forward motion for all that he's prepared for us. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you're so good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're talking about transformation at Highway Church. Hallelujah. Transformation. We realize that no one, there's no man or woman, there's no organization that can transform you. The best that man can do is to attempt to modify your behavior. And that doesn't work. 
Because you can modify behavior in this area and then something else is going to take place in another area. And the truth is behavior modification is on the surface. It doesn't affect your heart. But God is not about uh, modifying your behavior. He's about your heart being made new. He's about heart transformation, which brings about life transformation. So let's put, uh, well, we can't put Romans 12.2 up there because it's on my laptop. So let's go to Romans 12.2 in your Bibles. Romans 12.2 in your Bibles. Hallelujah. I hope you're, you're just eating up your hard copy Bible. You will not fulfill your destiny without one of these, just saying. Okay? A hard copy Bible with actual pages in it. You need to eat this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Hallelujah. Thank, thank God for digital copies. I use mine. I've got, a, I've got at least, I think, four Bible apps on my phone. <laughs> and uh, I use them all for different reasons. But I, I would not want to go through life without this. And I read it, I write in it, I mark it, I put symbols in it, I draw stars and, and emphases in it, and I, and I go back and I reference it. Uh, even this week, the enemy was attempting to come against me, and I, and I were worshiping the Holy Spirit, and I opened my Bible, and, and, and it was the very Word of God on that page that gave me victory against the enemy in that moment. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed, which is, is pressure from the outside, right? Changing because of pressure from the outside to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So if my mind is not renewed, that means I will not be able to recognize God's will in my life. That's a big deal. If I want, if I want to fulfill my destiny, if I want to know Him and please Him, I can't do that without changing the way I think. Are we all right? Is the love of God unconditional? Absolutely. Absolutely. He loves us completely. He loves us perfectly. He loves us totally. And we can't change that. But is experiencing His will unconditional? It's not. Why? Because we have free will. We have to choose to worship Him. We have to choose to replace ungodly thoughts with his thoughts. We have to choose that. If we don't choose that, he still loves us, but we're not going to experience him the way he wants us to experience him. Do you understand that? So God's love is unconditional, but how much of him we experience is very conditional. All right? It depends on the choices, the decisions that we make on a daily basis. Do you understand that? Not talking about works. We're not trying to earn anything from God. We've received the abundance of His grace and the gift of His righteousness. And because of that, we are regularly changing the way we think. Right? We're replacing thoughts that are contrary to Him with His thoughts. 
Hallelujah. And it's so much fun to do it, right? Now, sometimes our flesh kicks and screams. Our religious tradition kicks us out. But I'm telling you, when you start replacing uh, wrong thoughts with his thoughts, life comes. Hallelujah. So Romans 12.2 says, by the renewing of your mind. The mind. Where is your mind at? Well, it's important to understand how you're built, how you're made. The Bible teaches us that we are a three-part being. A spirit, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you're living in a body. Boy, it's so helpful to understand that. So your body's not who you are. Your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your emotions. That is equipment that you've been given, but it's not who you are. You are a spirit. Important to understand that. This will change your entire life when you get uh, skilled in this. The real you is a spirit. If the real you left your body, your body would not function. That's what man calls death. There's no death for us. You understand that, right? When When our spirit leaves our body, we're immediately in the presence of God. Right? Hallelujah. Jesus taught us that. I hope you've read that, right? Hallelujah. There's no death for the believer. Hallelujah. That's what the world calls it. That's just because they don't understand how we've been made, right? You are a spirit. The real you is a spirit. Now, there's equipment attached to your spirit. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions, And they're very important, and they're attached to your spirit. And when your spirit leaves your body, your mind, your will, and emotions go with it. Your physical body is just the house you're living in. It's just the suit you're wearing. And this, God made us with immortal bodies, but we separated ourselves from God, and we went from immortal bodies to mortal bodies, right? But that's going to change. A day coming very soon, right? Well, we will receive glorified bodies. Hallelujah. But spirit, soul, and body, so your mind, the renewing of your mind, that's in the realm of your soul, not your body and not your spirit. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. What is that? Which part of you is that verse talking about? Your spirit, soul, or body? Your spirit. Your spirit. Very important to understand that. My body is not new. Right? My mind is not new. When I receive Christ, my spirit is made new. That's what Jesus talked about in John chapter 3 to a religious expert in the scriptures who didn't understand what he was saying. As many religious experts today don't understand Jesus, right? He's talking about being born again in your spirit. So when you receive Christ, your spirit is made new. That's what what, uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 is saying. If anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. Where? In your spirit. If our mind was made new, we wouldn't have to renew it. Okay? That's why Romans 12.2 and 2 Corinthians 5.17 are both important. So I need to know my spirit is new. In fact, you were recreated, your spirit, in the image of Christ. 
You're born of God. You're one of his very own sons and daughters. You're an offspring of the Father. Your spirit, right? But you can be born again, and all of the life of God that's in your spirit will stay there if you don't change your thinking. You won't experience it in your soul, and you won't experience it in your body until you begin to get those wrong thoughts out of there and start thinking like he thinks. See, this is why, and and again, I'm not interested in arguing over doctrine. I'm really not. I'm interested in knowing him. But you do understand there are things that are called doctrine in the body of Christ that trap people because there are ideas about God that are contrary to Christ. We here at Highway, if there's anything clogging the pipes, we want to get that out of there. Why? Because in your spirit, if you're born again, and if you're not, you can be today, just through simple faith in Christ, in your spirit is the resurrection life of Christ. In fact, if you're born again, God's very spirit is living in you. It's His spirit is united with your spirit. The Holy Spirit himself is living in you if you're born again. Where is he living? In your spirit. Wow. I didn't plan on taking this much time on it, but we need to. Man has made a big deal about the intellect. Why? Because they, they, they were separate from God. They didn't understand what the scriptures taught about the spirit. Your spirit is infinitely more powerful than your intellect. No comparison. No comparison. The power to transform you is not in your intellect, it's in your spirit. However, your mind is the passageway between the life in your spirit and the rest of you. So if you could just imagine Uh, the resurrection life of Christ inside of me, in my spirit, in order for that to come out, it can only pass through the passageway of my mind. So, if I've got a lot of ungodly thinking in there, that means that passageway is clogged up and the life of God can't get into my soul in my body. So important to understand. So you can be born again and live no differently than anyone else. Just darkness is reigning over you, depression, fear, anxiety. You're, you're not experiencing the resurrection, abundant life of Christ because your, your passageways clogged up up here. What do I mean by that? You have ways of thinking that aren't in line with God's true nature. Transformation. When does transformation take place? When we begin to learn and embrace God's true nature and God's ways. And that cleans out this passageway. So when I begin to learn God's ways, we brought up John 3.16 last two Sundays ago. For God so loved the world. What? I heard that for the first time probably in in 1989. I thought, what? 
Does that include me? Does he love me? Yeah. So I, I began to hear of the nature of God, that he loves me. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, his ways. And I began to meditate on that, and I began to, to understand it, and it opened the passageway in my mind so that I could receive the life he wanted to give me. So this passageway of your mind is so important. Hallelujah. And you know if you've ever had to unclog a drain, how literally a drain can can cause your sink or your toilet or whatever it is to completely back up. And all the junk that's in the drain comes out into your kitchen or life. The same thing happens if you persist in wrong thinking. All that junk is just going to back up and come out in your life. Because your passageway is clogged. Your mind is not renewed to the nature and ways of God. Are we doing all right? Yes. All the plumbers said amen, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. So I, if I want to, the life of Christ in my spirit to flow into my soul, my emotions, right, and into my body, healing, I've got to remove wrong thoughts about God and replace them with the truth of who He is. How do we do that? By studying Jesus in the Scriptures from Genesis to Revelation. Now, we have a, the clearest picture of Jesus you'll find is in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. Right? You want to you study Him in the Scriptures. We're going to do something today. And I was, I, I was hoping we'd get to it last week, but we're going to get to it this week, or two weeks ago, excuse me. John 10.10. 10. We'll start here, and then we're going to go back to Genesis. John 10.10. 10. Replacing wrong thoughts with the truth of God's nature and God's ways clears the passageway of our mind and enables the life of Christ in our spirit to flow to the rest of us. Okay? Here we go. If I were to pick one scripture out of the, out of the, the, the Bible to communicate the nature of God, I'd probably pick this one. Although there are many great ones. It's, it's a toughie. Now, we don't build a doctrine off of one scripture, but this scripture agrees with the revealed nature of God through the ministry of Christ and the rest of the counsel of the Bible. That's how we do good Bible study, right? We look at the whole counsel of the Word. John 10.10, this is Jesus talking. Now, if you've made Him Lord, if He says it, it goes with us, right? No matter what I've thought contrary, if He says it, I change now. I take what He says, it's, it's, it's my truth now. So Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 10, he says, the thief comes only to steal. That's why he's a thief, right? And kill and destroy. Well, who's, who's the thief of all thieves? Satan, right? So we know what his motive is and what the demon's motives are in your life. Spirits of darkness. Are you telling me there's spirits of darkness trying to operate in my life? Yes. 
There sure are. They have schemes and strategies. Whether you know it or not, it's just the truth, and I do need to tell you that. There are spirits of darkness that, that, uh, that stay up at night plotting for your demise. But they can't do anything in your life without your permission. And wrong thinking gives them permission. So when I say permission, I'm, saying, I'm not saying like they come to you and you say, okay, I give you permission to operate in my life. No, I'm saying when you believe that God put a sickness in your life to teach you something, you're opening the door for Satan to operate in your life. Because that's a wrong thought. That doesn't agree with the revealed nature of God through Jesus Christ. You see what I'm saying? When you think God wants you poor to humble you, then that gives spirits of darkness opportunity to operate in your life and keep you poor. Why? Because Jesus, the first thing out of his mouth when he began his ministry is uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach good news to the poor. What's good news to the poor? You're going to be poor the rest of your life? No. God's met all of your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus, that Jesus became poor so that you might be rich. So Jesus said, this is what the thief is about. He's about stealing, killing, and destroying. That's all he's about, no matter how pretty he makes it look in the front end of it. But Jesus said, I came in contrast to the thief. So all these things, stealing, killing, and destroying, are contrary to me. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That's the nature of God. The more that you embrace that, the less clogged your passageway will be. I mean, over the years, you know, anytime you own a home or an apartment, whatever, and you have a clog, I look for those. I don't always have time to get in there with a snake and try and break that. I'm looking for a, a quick solution. I'm looking for a liquid that I can pour into that drain that will just go down in there, break everything up, and things will start flowing again. I want you to know that God's Word is both. It's, it's that that hard tool that can get down in there and break everything up, and it's also that active agent that you can pour into your mind, it, it will remove the clogs is what I'm trying to say. It is the plumber. It is the, the active agent that will <laughs> unplug and unclog anything that's clogged in your thinking. All you've got to do is get it in your mind and believe it, meditate on it. So now I know that Jesus is about abundant life, that that's why he came. And it doesn't matter what any preacher says. It doesn't matter what my religious tradition says. Jesus just said that, so I'm going with him. doesn't matter if people don't want to talk to me anymore. It doesn't matter if I get kicked out of my religious circles. I'm going to go with Jesus. Why? Because I want a clear passageway. I want the resurrection life of Christ in me to flow into my soul and to flow into my body and out into every area of my life. Transformation. Transformation. Hallelujah. So as you continue to embrace Scripture the truth about God's nature, it begins this process in you 
And you begin to see things and understand things you never understood before. You begin to, you, you're now empowered to do things you couldn't do before, to go places you couldn't go before. And this is a transformation that's taking place in us this year, right now. Now, what we're going to do, this is going to be fun. We're going to go all the way back to the beginning, to Genesis chapter 1, okay? We're looking at the nature of God and the ways of God. And you will find that a lot of what uh, man has said about God is grossly untrue. That God is a God of life, of light, of love, of joy, of abundance, of peace, of strength, of wisdom, and provision. In fact, as we go back to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis is what? The book of beginnings, right? It's a great place to start. You've got to start at the beginning. We're going to find out that, in, that what is declared of God in the New Testament is true in the Old Testament. In 1 John 1, 5 says God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. Very important to understand about your heavenly Father. What does darkness mean? Confusion, depression, manipulation, lies, sickness, poverty. All these things come from darkness, come from the curse of sin. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. In, in uh, chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Jesus is the true light that every man needs to be free from darkness and really live. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, We know that every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of lights. Right? So it's important to understand about the nature of God. He's pure light. There's no wickedness with Him. He can't do evil. And I know you may have heard many uh, people say that He does, but He does. He can't. It's not in His nature. He, he can never lie. He can never do anything wicked. He can't make people sick. It's just, it's, he's light. I remember years ago uh, talking with someone who was going through some things and uh, kind of knew, I don't even know if they knew the Lord, but, uh, or maybe they were new in the Lord, but they were saying they were going to a, a therapist and this therapist recommended light therapy. I don't know if you've ever heard of that but a special kind of light that they purchased. And they recommended they would sit in front of that light for a certain amount of time. Light brings life. No life, no light, no life. God is light. All right? So in Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read verse 1. In the beginning, God who is light, right? created the heavens and the earth. Now in this next verse, I want you to pay attention to four words. The word formless, the word void, the word dark, and, well, I guess just three words. Word, no, four words. The word was, the word formless, the word void, and darkness. 
We don't have it on the screen, so I'm going to take my time here. I want you to pay attention. So in the beginning, verse 1, God, who is light, created the heavens and the earth. Talking about his true nature. Now verse 2 says this, And the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. I thought God was light. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. I don't remember how long ago, it was years and years ago, as I became grounded in the nature of God, I began to see things in the Old Testament I didn't see before. Are you ready? Are we, are we awake? I learned that God was light, that God is good, that God is not evil, that God creates things whole and beautiful, right? So as I read verse 2, and the earth was formless and void, I said, well, that doesn't sound like God. God wouldn't create anything like that. And darkness was over the, well, that's not God. And I was right, it's not. Stay with me. How are we doing? We haven't gotten to verse 3 yet. We're just to verse 2, 1 and 2. So as I'm looking at this verse and I began studying it, I learned that the word was, W-A-S in English, in Hebrew can also be translated became. And the earth became formless and void. Well, what happened? That means there is some gap of time between verse 1 and verse 2. We doing all right? I want you to stay awake. Flap your wings. Do what you ever got to do. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, perfect and beautiful. Then something happened. Are you with me? And the earth became formless and void, which means it wasn't that way when God created it. So if we try and look at the earth now to determine God's will, we're going to be very confused. I saw a sign on a, I won't say what it was, a building that said, uh, God still loves us, spring is coming. I, I'm, I know it's just humor or whatever, but people think that God is controlling the weather. Where did they get that idea? Not from the Scriptures. Satan's the God of this world. So if it's sunny, they think God's happy. If it's raining, they think God's mad. No, God didn't want rain on the earth. If you'll read the beginning, you'll find that his system for watering the earth, a mist rose from the ground. Man, I thought about that this morning as I was driving to church. That'd be nice. Take your shoes off, go walk in the mist. <laughs> so this, this earth is all messed up now. Whether it's the sun is shining or it's raining, God loves you perfectly, and He's causing all things to work out for your good. So stop looking at the weather to determine God's will. Right? The systems of the earth have been corrupted. So then I started studying this verse some more. And I, I started studying not only the word was, but the word formless and void. And boy, oh boy, is it eye-opening. The word formless means this, a worthless thing. If you study the Hebrew, you know the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, right? A worthless thing. 
confusion, chaos, a wilderness of waste. Yow. The word void in the Hebrew means an undistinguishable ruin. Talking about earth. Emptiness. So let me read that verse to you out of the Living Bible. Okay? The earth, and put our definition in there. Let's put our definitions in there. The earth became a shapeless, chaotic mass. (laughs) Is this eye-opening? Come on. Is this cool or what? We're just studying the Bible. Don't get mad. It's all good. The message translation says this, a soup of nothingness. You study this for yourself. I'm just telling you, telling you what, what, what's in there. A soup, the earth became a soup of nothingness. A bottomless emptiness and inky blackness. Wow, what happened? So let's, let's, read it, let's read it again. Definitions. And the earth became a chaotic wilderness of waste and undistinguishable Ruin. Well, well, what happened? Did God do that? He can't. He's light. He's life. He gives life. He doesn't take life. So what happened? I'll tell you what happened. All of these things are the opposite. The or not? Whether, yeah, opposite or antithesis or contrary to God, right? Well, the Bible tells us what happened. Jesus, uh, in Luke chapter 10, verse, uh, am I saying it right? I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, verse 18. He said, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Let's learn a little bit about this. We're talking about the nature of God. He's light and life. Don't, don't, you can't learn the nature of God by studying this fallen world. You'll be very confused. We can still see his glory in creation, right? But this is not what he intended. It's a mess, okay? Hate to rain on your parade, but this, wait till you see the new heaven and new earth. This earth right now is nothing like it was when he created it. Not even close. It's a a mess. I'm not down, I'm not negative, I'm just telling you, it's a mess, all right? This is not his intentions. So, let's see, I don't want to skip over anything here. So let's look at this history. So Jesus said there was a time when Satan fell like lightning from heaven. Let's go to Ezekiel. Ezekiel. And before we read Ezekiel, I'm just going to read Genesis 1-2 again. And I'm going to combine the Living Bible, the New American Standard, and these definitions, the definitions of darkness. And we're going to read Ezekiel 28. When we're done, not the whole thing, but some verses in Ezekiel 28. Verse 2. So in the beginning, verse 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. The earth became a shapeless, chaotic mass. Ah, I didn't tell you the definition of darkness. I did skip it. Here's the definition of darkness. It's figurative, both in this case literally and figurative, meaning misery, destruction, death, and wickedness. Is that not what we see on the news? Let's be real, right? So understanding that that word, verse 2, we read formless void and darkness, 
That's the definition of it. So let me read that again. The earth became a shapeless, chaotic mass, and misery, destruction, death, and wickedness was over the surface of the deep. All right? What happened? In Ezekiel 28, Ezekiel was a prophet. And Ezekiel prophesied and gives us insight into the archangel Lucifer's rebellion against God. So God made angels with a free will. Angels and men, people are different. You're not going to become an angel when you die, all right, when you leave this earth, all right? But angels do have free will. So Lucifer, who was one of the chief angels, the Bible teaches us that he became arrogant, and he put his eye on the throne of Christ, and he wanted to sit on that throne. In Ezekiel 28, Lucifer rebels, this is a little narrative on the rebellion of Lucifer against God. Verse 13, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Where was that at? On earth, right? Let me see how much time we got. Okay, I, you can read this verse 14 and 15 for yourself. But 13 begins talking, he's, he's addressing Satan, Lucifer. It says, you've been in Eden in the garden of God. Verse 15. You were perfect in your ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity was found in thee. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. Okay? This is what Jesus was talking about, Luke 10, 18. This is before Genesis chapter 1, verse 3. This is what happened between verse 1 and 2. Lucifer rebelled, and he was cast to the earth with the, the angels who rebelled against him. His name was changed to Satan, which means adversary, the one who is against. And they wreak havoc on the earth. This is before man was created. We don't know how long this time period was. We don't know. Bible doesn't tell us. Could have been a brief period of time. Could have been millions of years. We don't know. This is before verse 3 where mankind was created. Isaiah gives us insight into uh, what happened in heaven before we were created. Isaiah chapter 14. So we were in Ezekiel chapter 28. If you're writing these down, verses 13 through 15 and verse 17. In Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 15, it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? And of the uh, son of the morning, how art thou cut down to the ground? Let me go to verse 17 of Isaiah 14 for time's sake. Listen to this. That made the world as a wilderness, and destroyed the cities thereof. Verse 2, Genesis 1, And the earth became a chaotic wilderness of waste. You that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. So we really don't know all that happened before we were created. But it was a mess. It was a mess. Are we doing okay? Why is this important? 
because I want you to see that God is light and life. And the stuff that goes on in this world is not his will, the negative stuff, the darkness, the misery, the destruction. So what man comes along, and they, you know, they, they might be Christian, they might even have a, uh, Bible degrees and have gone to seminary, but they don't understand the things we're talking about, so they try and explain the misery of this world uh, through religious theology. And they'll say, God has some divine purpose in it. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. This is not the will of God. It wasn't God's will for Lucifer to rebel and take some of the angels with him. He's far outnumbered, but nevertheless, there was a, a group of angels, powerful beings, that, re, that began to follow him instead of Christ. And as a result, they were cast from heaven to earth. This is not a fairy tale. This is not like Thor, and this is not mythology. This is what actually happened to earth. Okay, Christianity is not a myth. It's not a, a, a philosophy. We're giving you history here. Okay? Important to understand that. The earth became a shapely, chaotic mass, wilderness of waste, with the Spirit of God brooding, one translation says, brooding over the dark vapors. What does brooding mean? It means displaying great unhappiness, very remorseful, grieving, to the point of shaking. So the Holy Spirit saw what was going on, and he's just hovering over the earth, grieving and shaking, waiting for the Father to speak. And you know what happened in verse 3. God is light, spoke. And what did he say? This is all a part of my divine plan. I have some mysterious purpose in this. Just accept it. And this will all humble you so that you can someday become a beautiful flower in my garden. No, he didn't say any of that garbage. Because that's what it is, garbage. How does God deal with darkness? He never accepts it. He never rationalizes it and tries to make a theology out of it. He takes authority of it by speaking light to it. God created the heavens and the earth perfect and beautiful. Somewhere in there, Lucifer rebelled against him and some of the angels, and they were cast down to the earth and destroyed it. And the Holy Spirit saying, speak, Father. Speak, Father. And God looks at the mess the enemy created, and he says, light be. My nature be in the earth. God is light. Verse 3, then God said, let there be light. Literally in the Hebrew, it says, light be. You've got to know if you're going to be transformed, this is how God operates. He will bring a word to you, and in that word is all the power you need to be made whole. God's provision for your life is in his word. We've got to be skilled and know how he operates if we're going to fulfill our destiny. So every week you're given words from God, the word of God. But if you don't pick it up, if you don't meditate in it, if you don't start practicing and applying it, you're not going to move forward in his plan. So God looks at this mess and he says, light be, and there was light. 
No sun, no stars. He just released his nature in the earth. Hallelujah. Verse uh, 4. Listen to this. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. Come with me on this. There was no sun. There were no stars. The only difference, what made a day was the difference between the nature of God and the darkness in the earth. Our days are not defined by a 24-hour clock. If you want to live the days of heaven on earth, you've got to know the nature of your Father. Jesus came so that this kind of day could become your day. Not a day governed by the sun or the moon, but a day governed by the true nature and ways of your Father. We define our days with renewed minds by the nature of God. I don't look at my life in terms of a calendar. I look at it in terms of the nature of the Father manifest in my life. How are we doing? Are we awake? Are you with me? Is it too much? We're all right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Father, in the just three verses, the beginning, demonstrates to us his nature and his ways. But you can miss it if you don't know what we just shared. All right? And that all came by realizing that God is light. And that Jesus is the nature of the Father. So every time we read the Old Testament, we've got to read it through the revealed nature of God, which is Jesus Christ. And you'll see things in the Old Testament that you never saw before. Like this. Right? Hallelujah. So the Father is demonstrating to us in Genesis 1, verses 1 through 3, how we change our world. How we change our circumstances. How we deal with situations in our lives. If there's an area where darkness is trying to gain ground in my life, what do I do? I speak directly to it. Now, I understand if you don't know this, you might go, oh, God, help. And that's fine. You learn. You know, we're all learning. And there are times that's that's a great prayer. Help. But there's a time when you become skilled in the things we're talking about. And you don't call out to God for help. You speak to the darkness and say, go in the name of Jesus Christ. I forbid you to continue operating in my life. You have no authority here. You will take no ground here. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. For it is written that by his wounds I am healed. It is written himself took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. It is written that the the chastisement for our health was upon him and by his wounds we are healed. Whatever the situation may be. This is how we experience transformation. We learn the word and we speak the word. 
We believe the word and we speak the word. If you're not speaking the word to the situations in your life, you will not experience the transformation that God wants to bring about. Now, I don't go around saying Bible scriptures to everybody. That's not what I'm talking about. That would be weird. Hello. Right? Checking out at Bed Bath & Beyond and, you know, thou art fallen from heaven. No. <laughs> no, I don't do that. I'm not talking about being strange. I'm talking about personally in, in this environment in me, when I recognize darkness trying to gain ground in my life, I address it directly in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it to the full in abundance till it overflows. If you'll continue reading in Genesis, God said or God called 14 times in 29 verses. It either says God said or God called. It's time to start calling things as God wants them in your life. Do you understand this is a, this is a, a demonstration from our sensei, from our master, from our teacher, how to take authority over darkness, how to watch darkness recede in your life. Hallelujah. 14 times in 29 verses, God spoke. God said, God called. Hallelujah. Christ came to usher in this new day that is governed by the will and nature of God and not the clock and calendar. Let's finish with this. Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Your life is to be, to be defined by the nature of God. Your life is to be understood through the true nature and ways of God. The light that entered the earth in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3 was the knowledge of God's true nature. Luke chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 18. But I want to say that again. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, when God said, Light be, the light that entered the earth was not a star. You'll see later if you keep reading that he actually did create the stars, but that was later. The light that entered the earth in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, was the knowledge of God's true nature. And it separated the light from the darkness it became very clear in the earth who God is. Christ came for that same reason. Over time, I mean, you know, when God, we won't get into that, he created man in his own image, and man rejected him. Man was God's light bearer in the earth, God's authority in the earth. Man had sovereignty over the earth. God gave it to him. And man rejected God, and as a result, the prince of darkness stole that authority, and everything changed in the earth, right? 
So as a result, people were living in the dark again. In fact, in the beginning of Matthew, when it talks about Christ coming, it says those who sat in darkness saw a great light. That's Jesus. Here's Jesus beginning his ministry, and what did he come for? To bring, to reveal the true nature of God in the earth, to usher in a new day. When the scripture says this is the day the Lord has made, it's not talking about a 24-hour period. It's talking about the, 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 the season of life, this period of time that you can live and know and experience the true nature of God on the earth. In heaven, there's no interference there. Now, this time that we're in is, is, has an end. When the church is raptured, this time's over. We'll be in heaven, thank God. But you're not going to want to be anywhere near earth at that time. All right? So Jesus brought into earth this special day, this special season of time that anyone, no matter where you're from, could step in to the very will and nature of God and walk in the light of life. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. This is the Amplified Classic. Jesus announces his ministry. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, that's what the gospel means, to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed. Why? Because this is who he is. His light, his nature brings sight, brings healing, brings deliverance to, uh, to announce, uh, excuse me, bring forth, send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, who are bruised, who are crushed and broken down by calamity. What's calamity? Terrible loss and affliction. He said, I've come to change this. I've come to bring life and wholeness to people. I've come to reveal the true nature of the Father in this dark world. I am the light of the world. He who comes and follows me will not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Verse 19, listen to this. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day... When salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. That's the day we're living in right now. All that God is, is freely available to you through simple faith in Christ. This is the day when the salvation of God, the free favors of God, profusely abound because of Jesus Christ. It's not a day that will last forever. When the church is raptured, that day's over. Okay? But this is the time. This is the acceptable time to, to enter in and experience Him. Don't wait. All right? We don't know how many days are left here, but I'm not waiting. I want to know Him, taste Him now. Right? Wouldn't it be sad to get to heaven and find out that all the religious doctrine I held on to was keeping me down? that I was in the dark, that my pipes were clogged, and I could have experienced so much more of him. 
Transformation. This is where we're unclogging pipes this year. Yeah, we're creating clear passageways in our minds so that the resurrection life of Christ can flow from our spirit into our soul and into our bodies and into every part of our lives. Transformation. If we go where we're going next week, you're going to love it. It's really good. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for clearing passageways, for unclogging pipes, for breaking up that stuff that is causing junk to back up in our lives. Lord, thank you for, for your spirit flowing freely in our lives. Holy Spirit, we give you right away to unclog us, to break up the stuff that's, that's hindering you moving in our lives. Shine your light. We give you full right of way to expose any areas in our thinking that need to change. Full right of way. We don't know anything apart from you. We can't do anything apart from you. We totally rely on you. So we ask you, Holy Spirit, to open the passageway of our mind, to give us the wisdom to take captive wrong thoughts, to kick them out and replace them with the truth of the abundant life of your Son so that the life of Christ in us can flow through us into every area of our lives and the world around us. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we covered a lot of ground today. Go, just let's keep listening. And when the podcast should be out by Tuesday at lunchtime, but listen to it, write down the scriptures. When you start to see that God is not the one causing bad things to happen, He's not allowing them either. That Satan is the God of this world. You begin to take authority over things. And there's things that I would have accepted in my life that I have not accepted anymore. And I wouldn't be standing here today if I didn't have this knowledge of his nature. I wouldn't be standing here today. I had to use this in my life over the last 30 years to move forward and to overcome darkness. So what I'm giving you, these are weapons that will stop the enemy in your life. You're a warrior. You may not know it yet. You're a soldier of Christ. And Satan is your enemy. Darkness is your enemy. Depression is your enemy. Fear is your enemy. Lack is your enemy. Not people. Not people. Right? Spirits of darkness. If you're here today, I realize this might be a whole new world to you, and I understand that. But we want you to know that God is not a fairy tale, the Bible is not mythology that there is a God in heaven who loves you. And he loves you so much that he gave his son for you so that you wouldn't have to be confused anymore. You wouldn't have to wonder where God is or who he is or what's going on in your life. You can have his light illuminate your heart and your thinking and begin to see clearly what's from him and what's not from him. 
and embrace the, the abundant life He came to give you and take authority over the thief who's trying to steal from you. God is so good. We want to invite you to continue to grow in the knowledge of His goodness, who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Him. Check out our websites at josephbosco.us and highwaychurch.us and begin living the abundant life He came to give you.